Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Well, it's a great honor and privilege to have uh, our guest with us this morning. Uh, I've known Michael Jr. now. We're trying to figure it out. I think at least about 14 or so years. And uh, I do consider Michael to be a, a friend, personal friend of mine. He, he checks on me every now and then, which I appreciate. I don't check on him at all, but he checks on me, which is nice. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's a great friend of our church. He's been here many times. He lives in, in Texas now and he travels everywhere. So, uh, but he wanted to come and we're just so thankful to, to have him. And um, Michael's gift is, is amazing. And his message is gonna really encourage you. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal communicator. It's so interesting, his perspective on, on, on life, and, and you're going to learn a lot, uh, and you're going to laugh a lot too. But what I appreciate most about Michael is that he really, really loves people. I've seen him interact with people. He treats everybody the same. He treats everybody with kindness and love. He, he, I can tell he always is looking for a way to, to help somebody, to speak something into their life. And um, I respect that a lot. And he loves the Lord. And so we're going to have a great time. Uh, by the way, his marriage event later on in a couple hours is completely sold out. There is no, you cannot get tickets. Do not show up at the door, all right? Uh, there's no more tickets. So he's going to have to come back again and, and do another one. But uh, he's brought laughter to the Tonight Show on NBC. Jimmy Kimmel Live, Comedy Central had a feature and starring role in the films War Room and Selfie Dad. I haven't seen Selfie Dad yet, but War Room is a great movie. He's known as a comedic thought leader. His, he keynotes for TED Talks. He wrote the best-selling book, Funny How Life Works. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Would you honor and welcome with me our friend, Michael Jr. Thank you. Thank you for being so awesome, Josh. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Yo, so we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna, have a, we're gonna have a blast. I wanna say, I said this last service about John. If you're the first time here, so John is the pastor. He teaches and stuff. And, uh, but don't worry, that's all he does for the most part. So everything else will run just fine. No. So there's a good, there, here's how you can tell about people one one way before I get started is uh if you play a sport with somebody like basketball like a physical like you can really learn about another man through basketball like are they gonna make stuff up are they gonna lie are they gonna do this stuff another way you can tell about a person is by having banter with them so me and John banter back and forth on a regular basis I had him on my podcast I don't know if you remember that we actually put up an episode a picture of the podcast that you was yeah you were on episode 78. So if you want to tell the podcast, we had a blast on that podcast. In fact, we were supposed to, uh, the podcast was called Funny How Life Works When You're About to Propose, right? And then you brought a dude on who had no desire to get married at all. Remember that? You just jacked it up. This whole thing was like, anyway, so it was a really good podcast. And then shortly after, the dude got married. It was great. Anyway, but when you banter with somebody and someone's working to be funny and back and forth, it's an awesome way to find out what's in somebody's heart. Because the thought isn't about what am I saying, the thought is what can I say to be funny, and there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that you could reach for in order to be funny. He doesn't do that at all. Like he constantly takes the high roll, and the stuff is funny, 
as well. So it's pretty legit. I'm just saying, you're pretty legit, dude. Like for real. Like, really. <laughs> Here come your baby mama right now. She's just rolling in right now, man. Literally, your baby mama. <laughs> like, you got a, a brand new baby. What was you doing? That was great, man. Hey, don't point at me. He the one did it. Don't point at me. I'm just going to point that up. All right. So here's what we're, so we're going to do. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to laugh. We're going to learn some stuff. I really, really like, like the cause. It's just, it's just pretty dope, like for real. So uh, what's going to happen is um, I was praying before this, and I said, God, what do you want me to tell the people at cause, at the cause? And he said to me to tell you specifically, like, um, he loves you. Like, I don't mean that in some way, like, oh, the Lord loves you. No, 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 no. I asked him specifically what to say to you this morning, and that's what he wanted to say. So, um, yeah, just receive that. So what we're going to do is we're going to laugh. We're also going to learn some stuff that you probably hadn't seen before. John even mentioned after the first service he had not seen this from this perspective before. So you're going to learn something new, I hope. In there. But also, it's going to be a little, um, man, how do I say this? We won't be able to go into this as deep as I want to, but I fixed this, right? When you leave here, one hour after you leave this service, I'm going to send you a video to practically show you how to do what I'm about to show you in a real practical way at home. I'm also going to send you uh, a PDF for those people who rather have PDFs than video. I don't know how that's possible. And then uh, I'm gonna send you a link of my comedy special as well. But you have to pull out your phones right now and then hit this QR code, put in your info, and one hour, an hour, hour, maybe 20 minutes afterwards, you're going to get a video from me explaining to you how to do this process called Press In that God showed me that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's going to be pretty dope. If you have a flip phone, just put it in your pocket. It's not going to work. I'm just going to throw that out there. Just go to the website, which is michaeljr.com slash press in, which should probably be on that graphic too. All right. We'll put that up at the end as well. But right now, I want to kind of, did you, did you get it, sir? You look upset. He was like, ah. Oh. You, you took a picture of it. That's not how it works, sir. He just... <laughs> so we're going to laugh, but here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how conflict is the key to laughter and peace. Conflict is the key to laughter and peace. All right, let's jump in. So, um, oh, and there's two verses of scripture that's going to apply to everything we're talking about. There's James 4.1, and then there's also Matthew 11.28. But don't stop there. There's probably more. I'm just giving you those two. James 4.1 and Matthew 11.28. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I have, I got five kids, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I travel a lot, you know, so I can see them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't see him. I'm just playing. Um, yo, so why do we just laugh right now when I say I got five kids travel a lot? I'm going to tell you why we laugh. It's because there was some conflict introduced in the middle of that statement. Let me show it to you. So I say to you, I have five kids. You know that I know John. We're at church. I'm standing on this platform. You have some assumptions about me, right? As far as, and then when I mention I'm a dad, you assume that I'm a great dad. So I introduce the conflict, which says I travel a lot you know, so I can see them all, which means I got kids all over. You're completely wrong. That conflict, the conflict caused a revelation which resulted in laughter. Without the conflict, you don't even laugh just now. Let me show you. 
So I have five kids, and uh, they're awesome. Yeah, nothing at all just now. Nothing happened. See, that was like, okay, what else? If not for the conflict, you wouldn't even laugh. So let's do a, a few more. You can look for the conflict if you want to. I'm just going to tell you about my life. Um, when I was in school, my teacher tried to tell me I had ADHD, um, which stands for attention deficit. Hey, it's a nice necklace you got on, man. It's nice. Attention deficit, that's a nice necklace. So hopefully you saw a little bit of a conflict that just took place. And then when I was a kid, my grandmother would force me to go to church. Church was not cool like this at all. It just wasn't. Church was miserable. I'm seven years old. My clothes were so uncomfortable. My shoes were like three sizes too small. And my grandmother had this thing called a shoehorn. So if your foot don't fit, now it do. And church lasts like six hours and they're all balled up. It was miserable. I couldn't stand church. It was so uncomfortable. What else is uncomfortable is this uh, headset. Is a little uncomfortable, fellas. So what I... So as a backup, I always got this microphone right here, just as a, as a... Okay, maybe not that one. Maybe get that together. Maybe I'll stick with this for right now. Okay. So I would go to this church, and my grandmother would do this. She would have me at this church, and this dude is up on stage, and I'm seven years old. I don't know what's happening, because this dude seemed like he mad at everybody in the church. And I figured he was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. Because at the end of every sentence, he would always try to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, ah! Act like you're, ah. I'm like, Grandma, he need to gargle or something. I don't know what is happening. And he had a Bible in his hand. He kept playing like he was going to throw it at people. He'd be like, the Lord, ah, ah. and everybody in the church would get scared every time he did it. They'd be like, hey, man, hey, man. I realized now he was saying, hey, man. I didn't know. I was seven years old. One time I went to church, there's a dead body in the front. Nobody explains to a seven-year-old Michael Jr. This is a funeral, it's not church. I'm thinking that's how they roll. Like every few weeks or so, they bring a dead body in as an example or something. Dude on stage would yell at us like we did it. I asked my grandma, I was like, Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? What happened to the man in the box? Her whole explanation was, he in a better place. I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? <laughs> that stuff was miserable. It was so miserable. And then now I enjoy, I should say, I really enjoy working out. Um, well, I was at the gym the other month, right? And um, I was going to do some cardio, but they moved it upstairs. I ain't going up there, man. <laughs> so I'm trying to work out, and I get recognized by this lady. She's like, <gasps> I was like, hey, how you doing? She's like, Michael Jr., you understand, you're my favorite comedian. Every time I see you, I laugh my butt off. I was like, uh. <laughs> keep laughing, lady, keep laughing. <laughs> we all need more laughter. We all need more laughter. <laughs> so hopefully you saw some of the conflict that just took place as a result. Like, that, that conflict was necessary as a result for you to laugh. The conflict had to happen for you to have the revelation, for you then to, the results of laughter would show up afterwards. It had, that formula had to take place. Like, that's the only way we get to laughter. The next time you laugh, even when I'm not around, ask yourself, why did I just laugh right now? Actually, don't, because you have some other work to do that I'm about to show you right now. So, um, man, I'm gonna go ahead and, if this is cool, fellas. Maybe we should just replace this. Maybe we could just replace it, that'd be dope. 
Thank you. Oh, wow, she's ready. Thank you, Vanna. Appreciate it so much. Man, this is great. Came to calls, gave my own right white woman. That's awesome. Thank you. I wasn't even expecting that. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate that, man. Cool. John's like, I only ain't got one. That's the lady goes here. I just... Oh, my goodness, this is hysterical. All right, so here's one of my favorites. So here's what we're about to do. I just shared with you how conflict is the key to laughter. Now I'm going to show you how conflict is a key to peace. It's a key to peace, and a lot of you guys, if not all of you, have been missing this thing, and it's going to change the game if you do this. So um, one of my favorite lines is, and I, I wrote this, but I really wrote the last word. The last word is my money. The other stuff, I didn't even write it, but I'm just going to give it to you. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. Yeah. I am here today to present to you the yet, if you want the yet, or you can just keep the beginning of this. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. So let me, so me and my wife, we're, uh, we got this house that we like a lot. It's a pretty cool house. And God told us that people from different parts of the country, family and friends, would come where we are, and we're supposed to help them physically, mentally, financially, emotionally. So that's what we've been doing. People just random, just random people showing up. So right now, my niece is living with us. She's actually from California. So she moved in with us probably about 17 months ago. Six months in, we got into a disagreement. My, my niece is, she's like 28 years old, single mom of two, and we're trying, we're helping her get into a better position, and me and her got into a disagreement. And it started because her seven-year-old was back by the pool, and I didn't want her by the pool out there by herself, and, and some of y'all like, what's wrong with that? Well, she black. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that right there, because we don't, we don't just naturally swim. Let me just throw that out there, just, that's not something. I mean, if you do the research, black babies actually break the water earlier because they don't, they're like, get me out of here. Anyway, just, I don't even know what this move is. I don't even know. They got a javelin in their hand. <laughs> anyway, so we get into this disagreement and I find myself raising my voice because she's raising her voice and she's being disrespectful in my house. I say my house, but God, it's actually, he's the one who said she can come here. He's the one who said I could live there as well. So... I find myself getting upset, and I'm raising my voice. I don't raise my voice. That's not something I normally do at all. Life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So I'm getting upset. She's getting upset. We're getting louder and louder, and my wife is there. My wife is like, you guys need to take a break. So we take a break for a second, and I'm bubbling. I'm bubbling, and I haven't felt this in a long time, and I'm bubbling mad. I'm like, ooh. Anytime you have a disagreement with somebody, you have to look and see if there's any nuggets of truth. So I did that, and there was nothing. <laughs> there wasn't nothing there. So I kept digging a little more, and the only thing I heard her say, which is 100% untrue in my mind, she said that I don't listen, and I try to position myself to be right. Completely untrue. But what if it's just barely true? What if a little bit of it is true? My thought process is, what about my wife? Like, how is this affecting her? So I go to my wife, I'm still upset, I'm mad. I said, first of all, she's tripping. Here's what I caught she said, though. I, don't, I know it's not true. I know we're gonna be on the same page here. I just wanna ask you just for, I just wanna walk through the process with you. 
So here's what I caught that she said. She said, I don't listen. I try to position myself to be right. I know it's not true. But in your opinion, is there any truth to this at all? And my wife says, well, as soon as she said, well, I was done. I'm like, what is this? At this point, this is no longer a horizontal situation. God is trying to show me something. There's something going on in me that I need to get free of. I need to press into, which is what I'm going to show you via the video. So now I'm like, what, what is it like? What, what is this? And I'm really, I'm really like, God, what is this? And we have this room in our house where we go to pray and I go in this room and I'm upset still. And I'm start praying. I'm like, Lord, you got to show me what this is. Something in me, right? There's something going on in me, Lord. You got to show me what this is. And I ain't hear nothing. Probably because God was probably talking, but I was too upset. The next morning, I'm like, God, you got to show me what this is. Like, what is this? And God was like, you want to know? I said, yes, please show me. And a memory comes in my mind. When I was in grade school, I was put into a special ed classroom. And I'm in this special ed classroom, and I couldn't get out of the class. What I mean is, when I, when I was in special ed, the other kids who were not in special ed would make fun of me. And it really messed with my self-esteem a lot. And I'm in this classroom, and I can't get out. Like, I would work really hard on an assignment, I mean really hard, and study, and I would turn it in, and a teacher would give me a D, which is the lowest passing grade. I remember the next assignment, I filled it out and just put anything in there. Didn't even try. I turned it in, and she gave me a D. The teacher actually wasn't even doing any work. And then she said to me, she said, why don't you skip class sometime? You're never going to be anything anyways. She would say that on a regular basis, and God said to me, you're still trying to prove you don't belong in that class. I cannot get that if not for my niece. There's no way I get free of that if not for her. Now, I know exactly what the issue was because it was in me. And that, that burden, which was about this big, I handed it to God. Normally, what is the prayer? Lord, help my niece, get her out of here, Take the pool. We pray for every, just anything. God is like, I gave the pool. What you mean, take the pool? All he wanted was that burden, Matthew eleven twenty eight. That's all he wanted. I did the process, gave him the burden. The freedom I have now is unexplainable. Me and my niece have an amazing relationship now. And we never even talked about the pool. I am so blessed that my niece showed up. But here's the thing. She probably showed up long before that. I just wasn't aware because I was doing what most people do. As opposed to pressing in, I was pushing out. Most of the people in this room, you're pushing out when conflict shows up. I'm going to show you how to press in, and if you do this, it will change the game. You'll actually sometimes look forward to conflict because right now you're pushing out. And guess what? It's not working. There's actually something in you that God wants you free from. Let me show it to you. I want you to think about a conflict that you have right now in life. I want you to think about a conflict that you have and something that you don't like, something that's just kind of bothering you right now. I want everybody, like, think about it right now. Take a couple moments and think about what that thing is. Now what I want you to do is I want you to kind of scan your body for where do you feel it in your body as you think about it. How many people noticed the place just now in your body? Raise your hand. Exactly. Where'd you notice it at? In your heart. Where'd you get it at? Your heart too. Where else? Heart. 
Head. Where at? In your midsection. Where'd you feel it at? In your heart. Shoulders. Whoa, what is it? Wait a minute. If there's something in you, but you're pushing out saying, hey, if you change this, if you fix this, if you wouldn't be this way, I'd be better. No, God is trying to get you free. Let me show it to you in James 4.1. What causes the fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within? Yet you push it out. If you change this, if you would go here and God is blessing you, you're praying like, Lord, please help me with this problem. God's like, all right, life is going to show up. And then you push it away. Life is presenting you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. And most people in this room is pushing out from it. What do I mean by pushing out? Well, instead of dealing with the thing, you're just giving it a cute name. You, you give it a name so you don't really have to deal with it. You'll say something like, you know what? He just know how to push my buttons. Now it's okay. First of all, you ain't got no buttons. That was an umbilical cord back in the day. That's all that was. Or here's what we do. Instead of dealing with that thing that God wants us free from, we'll give it another cute name. We'll call it a pet peeve. Ooh. Because then it's tolerable. Because what do you do with a pet? You bring it home. You feed it. <laughs> you let it get bigger and bigger. You let it grow. You show it to other people. Meanwhile, it is dropping manure all over your life. You walk around with some gloves like, that's just my pet peeve. It's okay. God wants you free from that thing. That was a great breath you just took. The lady right there, she just took a good breath. This is going to happen to y'all as I do this process. You're going to have some revelation. Your chest will go up and you're going to exhale and just let it come out. Because there's some stuff bound up that you need to be free from. And it's happening now. God offers healing. But he also offers healings before you even recognize you need it. Let me show it to you. If there's an area in your life where you're not free, let's say you got this cousin or whatever that keeps showing up, and then, oh, just that thing keeps happening and you're not free from it. Do you have ease in your life, yes or no? No, you're lacking ease, meaning you got a boss that you can't stand and you got to keep going to work. Arr! Well, there's something in you that God wants you free from. That's why that boss is like that. Because even when you quit and get this other job, now your coworker is the same way. So you don't have ease in your life under these circumstances. And what's another way to say of lack of ease? What's another way to say that? This ease. Somebody just said it. Somebody said, dis-ease. So I'd rather take care of it while it's a dis-ease before it starts manifesting in the body and becomes a dis God is presenting you with opportunities to be free. We went really deep. I'm going to do another joke. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, ah. So, so which joke do I want to do? This is going to be a sample from tonight. By the way, if you want to show up tonight, go ahead. Um, now there's a chance. There's, a, there's always a chance. You know, when you got faith, just show up. So what joke? Oh, so when I was a kid, my grandmother used to say to me, you got to be a gentleman when you grow up. She always be like, you got to be a gentleman. Whatever. But nobody teaches you how to be a gentleman. Like, there's no classes necessarily to teach you how to be a gentleman, right? Then when I got older, I found out they had a club. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, don't go there. They're not going to teach you. They're not going to show you how to do it. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's uncomfortable. Is this, this thing is really kind of tripping right now. Uh, let me ask you a question. Why did some of you guys flinch just now when I reached for the microphone? Did you feel that little thing that you just noticed right now when I reached for the microphone? But this is a completely different microphone. It's not even the same microphone. We already saw her replace it. But yet you flinched anyway because of something that happened before. So if you don't address what happened before and press into it to find out, you'll never reach for the microphone that God has for you so he can amplify what he's done in your life. Life has presented you with some people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free, and it's time to be free. So, how do you do it? Well, you're going to get the thing to figure out how to press in. It's going to be so cool. Um, I got this friend at the marriage thing, because some of you guys won't be able to be there tonight, but I'm going to share this thing with you. So, we're going to talk about tonight, and actually we're creating a course that's going to be really awesome too. But one of the things we teach in the course is why in marriage, you should not compromise. <laughs> I know that's what everybody do when I say that. You actually shouldn't, you shouldn't compromise. There's a beautiful couple right here. Earlier, we were talking about it, right? And when I said you shouldn't compromise, your response was the same as hers. Like, what? And then we talked about it. And how do you feel about compromise now? Yeah, they get it. You shouldn't compromise. If a bridge was compromised, would you drive over it? If a dress was compromised, would you wear it? So why would you compromise in your marriage? <laughs> I know, I just, I can't not, I can't just leave you there. You're like, well, what just happened? But I really should. Anyway, so I was talking to this dude. I didn't talk about this last service. I was talking to this dude, and I was like, who, anybody having an issue in their marriage right now? Anybody having an issue? And um, this dude raised his hand and said, yeah, I got one. I was like, hey, would you check with your wife first and make sure you can bring this up? <laughs> so he brought it up, and what he said to me, was he, he can't stand when his wife, uh, she would every time she cleans, she cleans in circles. <laughs> now I know that sounds silly, but some of y'all can relate with this. Like he couldn't stand because she cleaned in circles. I said, so what do you normally do? He said, I taught her she's supposed to clean in straight lines like this, but she won't do it. I said, so what do you normally do? I keep telling her to do it and she won't. I said, oh, so you pushing out. You pushing out instead of pressing in. I said, how's that working? He said, man, it's been 18 years, Michael Jr. Here's the thing, and I told him, I said, my desire for you is that she continues to clean in circles. Because if she doesn't, you stay in the same place. But because she is, it's showing you an opportunity to be free. So we did the press in process. It was mad cool. Like, it was so cool what he was able to see. I don't got time to go into it right now. But let me, let me see if I could speed through it real quick. So, so, he's, so he does not like this at all. And I said, so where did you learn to clean at? And he was like, my grandmother taught me. I was like, how, how old were you? He said he was seven. I said, huh. I said, how'd it go when you got it wrong? And his mannerisms changed. Like his mannerisms changed, his voice got deeper. I said, so how did it go? He said, let's just say I had to get it right. I said, how do you feel? How did you feel in that moment? He said, I felt inadequate. Problem is, he's a grown man. When he was seven, he didn't use the word inadequate. He used something else, like, I don't matter, I don't care, like whatever the thing is. And what he had done is he had filed it in a, in a file called, I'm dumb, or I'm not good enough, or whatever it is. But now, as a grown man, he's saying I'm inadequate. 
I said, how do you feel when your wife cleans the table in circles? He said, I feel, he said, I feel like she's inadequate. I said, dude, I said, how do you feel? And this dude said, I feel inadequate. And when he said it as a grown man, he realized this is ridiculous. And his brain, because God designed it so awesome, was able to refile it where it belongs. He did the process, was free, and now she get to clean any way she wants to. In fact, there's a, there's a, there's a woman who used to go to this church. Man, I can't get into it right now. Somebody, whoever's going to be here tonight, remind me to tell you about uh, Mo, who used to go to this church. Tonight, I'll share that story with you. It's pretty dope. I don't got time right now. So I'm going to do one more example of why you got to get free. And God wants you free. He is blessing you. It's almost like you're shaped like a piece. It's almost like you're made out of wood. Imagine if you're made out of wood, right? And there's a doorway that's shaped exactly like you that leads to your purpose. It's shaped just like you. But there's a, there's a knot right here on your shoulder. And God is blessing you with different people in the form of sandpaper who are going to rub that thing down. And it's not going to be comfortable. And what you need to do is press in and find out what is this in me so this thing can get rubbed down. But what you're probably doing right now is backing up. Like get away from, nope. I'm finding a different church. I can't. I don't like that music. Uh-uh. I need to give me another job. I don't like her. How is it that nobody knows how to drive except for you? You're the only one to know how to drive. You got a knot right here that God is blessing you with opportunities. And most of the time, the thing that gets this knot down the most is like number 10 grit sandpaper. Another phrase for sandpaper is called marriage like that's the like your spouse is the one who is really rubbing this down you got a knot and you can't even see it and god is blessing you you praying like lord i really want to take this opportunity i really want to walk through this door but you won't fit and you're praying for it and god's like all right cool here comes the sandpaper no and this knot will cause you to call it out on a regular basis what do i mean by this you have a knot and you will call it out on a regular basis and it'll sound like this I'm not going to that church. I'm not going to talk to her again. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, I'm not tolerating those people. Your not is keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do. One more example. How many people here are just a little, just a little irritated by the fact that that, that logo is crooked? Like the logo is just a little, well, what does the, ah, how many people were kind of dealing with that logo a little bit like, ah, yeah, right? Cause you go, ah, so what'd you do? What'd you do after you saw it was cricket? You just ignored it, which is what most people do. You just push out. You'd be like, I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to have nothing to do with it. So how you do anything is how you do everything. So you're probably ignoring other things in life that you need to deal with. I'm just going to, I'm just going to show it to you. I'm, I'm going to say whatever I need to. I already got my check. You know, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> so a bunch of you guys are just, just ignoring those things or pushing them away, sweeping them under the rug. One dude, I asked him about the logo. He said, um, he said I just held my head sideways like this. <laughs> Which is hysterical. But how many people in the room right now, whether knowing or unknowing, are walking around in life like this right now? What would happen if you actually walked around like this? What would happen to your neck? It would get stiff. It would be uncomfortable. It would have a lack of ease. 
Your life would actually be more uncomfortable because you're doing this versus saying, huh, what is this in me? God, show me what this is in me. Because it, it, is, it is not horizontal at all. Most of your issues are not horizontal. They're vertical. God is trying to show you something. All right. Everything plays is what I want you to know. Everything plays. So if you do this right, you're going to look for opportunities. You're going to feel conflicts, and you're going to be like, ooh, this is another opportunity. If you do this right, you're going to get excited when a conflict shows up. After a while, at first you won't be because your knee jerk is going to be like, back up. But if you put these down and get curious about yourself, goodness gracious. So um, when you leave here, I, there's a course that I created called Funny How Life Works that uses comedy to teach some really great principles about how to walk in your purpose. So we have a course. I also wrote a book called Funny How Life Works. And uh, anyway, we got the book. We got some really cool stuff out there that you guys can buy. The proceeds are actually going to a, to a black family in America. I just want to say that. You want to get that? Um, <laughs> So this is the whole course right here. If you got the course, it comes with a journal. You got the book. Fellas, comes with an audio book. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Actually, I, I did the voiceover on the audio book. So you can get this whole, you can buy anything a la carte, or you can get the whole package at a really cool deal right now, whatever it is. You got the, the price up there. Boom, it should cut to the price. Yeah, crossfades. Wow. Okay, so that's the price right now. So you can get it right out there at that price. Online, you can't, you can't get it at that price. I think it's like whatever. So... Buy that for sure. And then the big thing I want you guys to understand is so important. Man, you got to press into these comments. God is blessing you with opportunities on a regular basis to get better. And if you keep avoiding it, you're just going to be living life like this. You're going to be, oh, wait, can I get past here? Can I? It's just going to be an uncomfortable. God just wants you to walk with him. Here's the thing I don't understand. I don't know what people do if they don't have a relationship with Jesus and they got all these conflicts. Like, I don't know what you actually do. You gotta be able to hear God's voice. So me and my wife were looking at some old home videos of our youngest daughter being born. It wasn't her being born. Uh, I'm not gonna show you that video because my wife would be like, yo, what is you doing right now? <laughs> so this video I'm gonna show you, I showed it one time here before when I was here. Um, our daughter, let me set it up. My, our daughter is like two and a half minutes old and I took this video, but I had never understood the power of it until I watched the video. So she's two and a half minutes old and they got her under that little chicken warmer, the little, the little french fry warmer. I don't know what kind of insurance we had, but that's what they got her under that thing. Anyway, so she's two and a half minutes old and she starts to cry. I want you to notice what happens when she hears my voice. It's okay, for look, look, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. I'm right here. I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay. It's okay. I'm right here. Right here. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, baby. Yo, that was pretty powerful. Now, it's like seven, seven and a half minutes or so later. The nurse is done cleaning it up, and she starts to cry again. I speak up, and she stops crying again. But I want you to notice what happens when I tell her I love her. I'm right here. I'm right here. I am right here. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. So listen, 
there's going to be times in life where you feel like you've just been going from conflict to conflict to conflict, whether it be something you saw on news or you feel like society is doing this, whatever the scenario is, and maybe you're frustrated even to the point of tears. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice because he is talking to you. What he wants you to know is that he's right here. He loves you. All you have to do is open your eyes. You hear some music? Yeah, not yet, man. You early again, bro. You early. I don't know if you think this is your concert or something. I'm not sure how. We all getting emotional. I'm like, what is that? Is that the Lord? Nope. This dude right here. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. A little early. So I have one more story that I'm going to tell really quickly. First, I'm going to tell you how I came up with the story. Then at that point, this dude's supposed to slide in. So let me, let me share the story with you. So this is a story about having a relationship with Jesus. And the way I came up with this story is I was writing a joke. I was writing a joke about the good room. How many people here know what the good room is? Raise your hand. So there's a few hands going up. So the good room, for those who don't know, is the room in your grandmother's house or your aunt's house. No, bro, is that you again? No, no, no. I need you to just sit yourself down until... Wow, wow. You really think this is your opportunity, huh? Man, I'm about to... People are going to know that I got this skill, and they're just going to know. Okay, so... The good room is that room in your grandmother's house. It's that one room that's better than the rest of the house. Can't nobody go in there. There's plastic on the furniture. It's really just for looks. How many people know what the good room is now? Exactly. So I'm writing this joke about the good room. Middle writing this joke, God stops me and tells me to tell this story to his people. So I'm going to tell you the story. He's not playing, is he? Dude, now's the time, man. You're going to be late and early. You're amazing. Okay. So I want everyone in here, even watching online, I want you to imagine, imagine that you are a house. This is a story about having a relationship with Jesus. And outside of the house is Jesus Christ and he wants to come in, but he'll never force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. It's the only way this works. And the reason some people in this room haven't invited Jesus into the house is because you're cool with the way things are right now. Whenever something happens, whenever you need to talk to him, you just walk up to the door, crack it open, say a little prayer, close the door and go back into the house. But that's not a relationship at all. How can you hear his voice under those circumstances? How can you truly hear his voice under those circumstances? And the reason you won't let him into the house is because your house is a mess. Or you think you need to clean it up just a little more first. You think there's some more stuff you need to do first. Or relationships. You brought other people in the house hoping that maybe they could help you clean it up. But they can't. The only one who can clean it up is standing outside the door wearing an apron with a bucket in his hand waiting on you to truly open the door. Then there's other people here right now, watching online right now, you used to have Jesus in the whole house. But whether you realize it or not, you've moved him to just one room in the house, the good room. Have you ever noticed how the good room most of the time is the one right up front with the big window? So when people look in, they think the whole house is clean. But it's not, it's just that one room. So when they hear about you coming to church, they think the whole house is clean, but it's not, it is just that one room. You quote scriptures, but it's just that one room. You give money, but it's just that one room. Jesus wants access to the whole house, and I'm telling you, if you would just open this door and let him in, 
they'll show up with a contractor named the Holy Spirit. And they will make sure the house is fully functioning the way it was intended to. But none of this happens if you don't open the door because he will not. He will never force his way in. Even though there's people in your life who tried to act as if he wanted to force his way in, he just won't force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. So if everyone in here, if you could just close your eyes and bow your head. If you're in here right now, you need to invite Jesus into your house, whether it be for the first time or to give him full access to the house again. I'm going to ask you to do something really simple. On a count of three, I just simply want you to put your hand in the air. You don't have to overthink this. Just simply just put your hand in the air. On a count of three, saying, yes, I need to invite Jesus into my house, whether it be for the first time or to give him full access again. There's hands already going up. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air. Nice and high. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, go ahead and put your hand down. First of all, let me say this. I am proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Please receive that from a father's voice. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. Not because you raised your hand, because of where you stand. I'm proud of you. Now I'm going to ask you to do something else. Everyone who just raised their hand, even those who should have raised their hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for me. I thank you that he rose again on the third day. Come into my house, Lord. Come into my heart. I believe it and I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So listen, if you just did that prayer right now, you just made an awesome, amazing decision. What normally happens next is they then bring up a white dude to make it official. So that's probably what they're going to do. So for everyone who just did that prayer, when we dismiss, there's something I want you to do. And I'll tell you why. When we dismiss, normally when you come to church, you come to church, you sit down, you go back to where you came from. For those who just made this decision, I want you to do something different than you've always done because I don't want you to get what you've always got. I want you to get something different. So instead of just getting up and leaving, I want you to, we're going to have some prayer people up front who can pray with you. I want you to come this way while everyone else is going that way. It would be easy for us just to have you come up right now because the aisles are nice and clear, but I want to represent what it may be like when you leave these doors. Everyone else will be headed that way. I want you to do the opposite thing and I want you to feel the victory of doing so. I want you, because if you do something different in the physical, watch what God will do in the spiritual. So I appreciate you guys. I love you so much. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I really, really, really appreciate you. Can't wait to see you tonight. And I'll see you out there as well, signing books and stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714 255 0930.